Hey, this is Pastor Michael Alfaro from The Calling Church. I'm so excited that you're listening to our church podcast. I pray that it blesses you and encourages your faith. So I want to be uh, in the book of Jonah, chapter 2, to talk about being grateful. All right, to talk about being grateful. Grateful part three. Uh, there's a story about a teacher who invites her class. It's, it's Thanksgiving week and she invites her class. She tells her class, it's kindergarten class. She says, kids, I want you to, be, uh, to draw uh, uh, a, a picture of what you're thankful for in your life. So the kids start drawing and uh, she, uh, she, realize, she sees that kids start drawing pictures of their family, pictures of their dog, pictures uh, of their houses, pictures of their toys. And as she collected the papers, she realized there was one picture that was kind of different than the rest of them. And she realized, uh, or when she saw this one picture, she kind of scratched her head and thought, huh, this is interesting. She just saw a picture of a hand, all right, a traced hand, all right. And she, she saw the name on the picture and she, she went to the young girl and she said, sweetheart, what, what does this mean? And whose hand is on this paper? What does this exactly mean? And so the teacher asked her, is this, is this your parents' hand? And the, and the, the little girl says, no. Uh, the teacher goes on. She says, is this your grandparents' hand? The little girl says, no. She says, well, whose hand is this? And the little girl goes, teacher, this is your hand because I'm so grateful for you in my life. Every single day, you lead me by the hand to my seat. You lead me by the hand to the cafeteria. You lead me by the hand to the playground. And she said, I'm so grateful for you and I'll never forget your hand in my life. I'm here to tell someone this morning that the that God's hand is upon your life, boo-boo. God is moving in your life. God's hand has been on your life. He's clothed your life with favor and righteousness. And this past nine to 10 months, whatever it has been of COVID-19, God has, God's hand has been upon your life. He's been your provider. He's been your sustainer. He's been with you every single day and every single night. We ought to be thankful to him in this season of our life. And watch this. We ought, ne- we ought never to forget it. Amen. In Jesus name. The reason I, Jonah chapter two st- stands out to me is because it's quite an, an amazing uh, passage of scripture. Theologically speaking, Jonah chapter two, and I love theology. And in my message, I try to work some theology in there because theology is important. All right. Um, Jonah chapter two, theologically speaking, is a thanksgiving prayer. Did you know that Jonah chapter two is a psalm? It's deeply poetic. It's moving and it's touching. You could almost pick it up and put it in the psalms because it is uh, poetic. Uh, I remember reading this just personally uh, growing up and in my adult life, not ever thinking it was a psalm. It wasn't until Bible school that I realized, oh my gosh, this is a psalm. And in the middle of the book, watch this, it's it's. A lot of theologians study how many verses and the and the and the chapters of the book, how many chapters are in the book, and watch this. Jonah's Thanksgiving prayer is right in the middle of the book. Theologians say what's right in the middle of the book often is what the book is about and what it is trying to say. So watch this. Jonah chapter two is a psalm of thanksgiving. All right, and I want to teach you this morning some lessons, some important life lessons. From Jonah chapter two. All right, we can learn from Jonah 
Who was Jonah? Jonah was a mighty prophet. He was a man of God. He was a man who spoke the oracles of God, who heard from God. But interesting enough, this book is not about Jonah prophesying. This is this book is about Jonah's life being a prophecy. What happened to Jonah? Jonah uh, disobeyed God. Jonah had a call from God to preach to the Ninevites. And you know the story. He said, no, I'm not preaching to the Ninevites. They're pagans. They serve idols. They do bad things. All right. And, and, and at this point in time the Jewish culture so to speak or Israelites was a big word here was ethnocentric they were self-absorbed they were all about their God they were all about us and pagans and Gentiles God is among us not them but how many of you know that God's plan is about them it's not just about us all right I love what Luis Palau says if Christians are just together all the time stuck in one place it's like manure a, bu- and a bunch of manure in one place don't smell good but if you spread manure out everywhere, it'll do some good. Come on, somebody. All right. Uh, God wants to transform the world through his church, through his bride. All right. That's what we're called to be, salt and light of the world. So Jonah doesn't want to do that. Jonah is upset. He believes, he thinks and, and understands that this culture is far from God. And watch this. He wants to prevent their salvation. Isn't that wrong? He doesn't want them to be saved. He doesn't want them to repent, but look at our God. Watch this. He doesn't send anyone to hell that doesn't need to be there. He gives everybody the opportunity to repent. All right, everybody. It's not God's desire. All right, destruction is not God's desire. Come on, someone. All right, so what happens? All right, Jonah buys a a carnival cruise line ticket and sails for Rome. All right, excuse me, not Rome, uh, uh, of Spain. He goes the complete opposite direction. And what does God do, do with him? God provides a fish to swallow him for three days and three nights. There's some principles that I want to teach you right here, right now, in, in this text this morning about how to be grateful. I want to, I want to challenge someone this morning. Are you feeling th- empty, right empty on the chat right now? Do you feel empty? Maybe you woke up and you just, just didn't feel too good emotionally. Maybe you feel empty inside, right empty on the chat right now. I want to tell you something right now. You know, the more ungrateful we are in our life, the ingratitude, the more emptier we will be. I've been there, baby. Come on, someone. You know what? I, I, I'm a preacher that tells it like it is and preaches from my own wounds. I've been empty in my life. But watch this. You'll realize quickly how fulfilled you are and how much you do have in your life when you start opening up your eyes and realize the blessings that you've been given in Jesus name come on somebody I want you to right now as your pastor to know how filled your life is how blessed your life is and I'm not just talking about the major things like the house and you know uh, you know the xbox you know what I'm saying I'm waiting for I, honey she's right here I want the new Xbox, okay? <laughs> all right, anyway, I'll leave that right there. I might not get that. I probably won't get that, to be honest with you, all right? On our budget right now, we won't get that. Um, I'm not talking about the great big things in your life. It's time to open up our eyes. Someone write detail. Someone write small things on the chat right now. Small things. You know how we get to a place of ungratefulness in our life? It's because we overlook the small things in our life. You woke up this morning and it's probably, uh, it, it, you saw, you, the sun is shining. 
You woke up this morning and your kids are smiling. You woke up this morning and hopefully you have some food, all right? Don't overlook the small things. I can promise you that if you overlook the small things, you're not going to be satisfied. You know how we become ungrateful? I know I'm veering off on my points right now, but this is a big one. This is how we get to a place of ungratefulness in our life as we discount the small things. That bed you slept on. I can guarantee you there are millions and millions of people who don't sleep on beds in this world. People who sleep on the floor. I grew up sleeping on the floor because we just didn't have enough beds in some, uh, at some points in my life. That's the truth, all right? But we cannot overlook the small things in our life. How about this? You know how we get to a place of ungratefulness in our life? We become too busy, right? Busy in the chat, busy. We become busy bees and I get it. We got social media, we got media, we got TV, we got jobs. And this, actually I was praying this week and I was complaining to the Lord. I was like, Lord, it takes work to get, to do my work, all right? In the mornings, you know what I'm saying, people, right? You got the kids, you got the dog, you got the family. It's just a lot of work to to do the work, all right? It was easier for me at least to drive to work, all right? But uh, I know that we're busy and God knows that we're busy, But watch this, we get to a place of ungratefulness in our life because we get too busy. And watch this, busyness is not always fruitfulness. You can be very busy and very, very, I said, you can be very busy and be very fruitless as well. All right, that's called procrastination. All right, but watch this, this isn't ironic. At the very beginning of time, The Big Bang, so to speak. I have no problem with the Big Bang. God said, bang, there it is, all right? Watch this. Time itself is a creation. How ironic is that? And we say, God, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough what you made of to give back to you because I'm too busy. And most of us, honestly, if we're too, we're, a lot of times it's fruitlessness, all right, to be honest with you, and procrastination, all right? Or now I'll, I'll give it to some of us. We have, we're raising the kids, you know, we're, we're working, we have so much to do, but watch this. We have time. We can make time to donate to God and, and thank Him for all that he's done. And watch this, until we make time, we won't see those blessings in our life. We won't realize those blessings in our life. Come on, someone, you out there. Amen. All right. So God wants you to take the time to see the blessings. God does not want you to overlook the small things. And sometimes we're waiting for the big things, but God won't give us the big things until we're grateful with the little things. Oh, I know all about this. All right. And we got to appreciate the small details of our life. Amen. Amen. Look at Jonah. There's some principles here I want to teach you. Jonah was unhappy, all right? Jonah was discouraged. Jonah was upset. He was angry. He did not want the Ninevites uh, uh, to be rep- repent or have the opportunity to come to salvation. And this morning, I want to teach you, watch this. Jonah was discontent. Jonah was dissatisfied. Jonah was disappointed. And then, watch this, this led to Jonah's disobedience, all right? I talked about a little bit, just a little bit about this last time at our outdoor service, but I really want to capitalize this. Here's a lesson for us this morning. Discontentment will lead to disappointment. Disappointment will lead to disobedience. You know how sin happens? Watch this. It's because we are discontent with where we are in our life. Discontent, not happy with what we have in our life, and it leads to disappointment. We 
we get angry, we get upset, we get bitter, we get enraged, we don't understand and we're confused and that leads to disobedience. How do you think affairs happen in our life? How do you think sins happen in our life? Jealousy, bitterness, all right, all of those things, if not checked, will lead to disobedience. It says this in Jonah chapter four, verse one, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly and he became angry. I love how the message translation shares it. Jonah was furious and lost his temper. He yelled at God. He was in a place where he was dissatisfied. God, I don't want to do what you called me to do. I love you, but I don't want to do that thing, right? He was disappointed, dissatisfied, and it led to disobedience. I'm talking to someone right now. You're married. Maybe you have a job. Maybe you're in a position in life you are not happy with. But don't let that dissatisfaction lead to disobedience because that's what will happen. Come on, someone. That's what does happen. And can I ask you a question right now? Or let me actually more of a statement. I find this to be true. All right. In my life. And I think I, I think it's true. You will never be happy in your life if you're not happy right now. A lot of times in this culture we live in, with the things that we watch, all right, the Kardashian, I'll just leave that right there. All right? The things that we see on social media, you're, we're on a hamster wheel of consumerism. And I won't be happy until I have that thing. I won't be happy until I have children. I won't be happy till I have a husband. I won't be happy until I have a wife. I won't be happy until I get that salary. But watch this. How about choose to mature in our life and be happy right now? Why not smile today? Why not feel the joy that God wants you to feel right now? Often God wants to give you all of those things. But oftentimes he will challenge us and check us and test us to to not overlook those small details of the blessings that we have today. Come on, somebody. All right. This is exactly what was going on with Jonah. Jonah, uh, Jonah was disappointed because he didn't want salvation for, for the Ninevites. It's going to be all me, all us. When they were called, the, the Israelites, the Jews were called to be the light unto, unto the Gentiles. Can I ask you a question right now? Stop. Or, uh, what are you waiting for to be happy? What are you waiting for? to have some joy in your life. And let me tell you something right now. You will never be content in this life until you have Christ. You will never be content. Why? Because it's just about the next thing. It's about the next person. It's about the next paycheck. It's about this and it's about that. But I can promise you right now who the person of Jesus Christ is. Once you have him in your life and once you know him as friend and savior and Lord, I promise you everything that you need in your life is going to be more than sustained, more than provided for, more than cared for. Let me tell you, all this world will pass away. Your social media will pass away your Mercedes your car your Toyota your Honda your career will not go to heaven but let me tell you watch this your sustainment your contentment in Christ is an eternal thing why not get to know Jesus on deeper levels come on somebody this morning you will never be content why not choose to be happy in Jesus today choose to to see what he is doing in your life and what he's not rather than what he's not doing in your life. I said this at outdoor service last 
few weeks ago. I'm here to tell someone this morning, stop telling God what he's not doing in your life. God, Captain Obvious, God knows what he's not doing. It's time to start being grateful for what he is doing in your life, for the family he has given you, for the, thing he ha- for the things he has blessed you with. Jonah did not have this mindset. Jonah did not have this attitude and it landed him inside a whale, or excuse me, a fish, a huge fish swallowed Jonah. In other words, another word for swallow is the fish devoured Jonah. Maybe something right now in your life, you're being devoured by bitterness. You're being devoured by, uh, by anger. You're being devoured. Watch this. This will make you ungrateful. This will stop making you see the blessings in your life. I'm here to watch this. Comparison. You're being devoured by comparison. You're looking at other people's social media feeds and it's a highlight reel. It's not real life, y'all. All right. They don't show you all the moments that are bad or hard. All right. You can't compare yourself to that. All right. But comparison will steal gratefulness out of your heart and out of your life this morning. All right. So it says that the Lord and watch this. This is interesting. It says the Lord had provided the fish to swallow Jonah. Sometimes we're trying to kick the devil's butt when it's God who sends the fish to put us in a place where we need to rethink and open up our eyes to see uh, the, the things we need to appreciate in our life. Growing up, my, my grandma used to do this to me. I, she used to tell me, I want you to go to the corner and you need to stand in the corner for like 10 minutes or so. I thought it was child abuse. And you know what I'm saying? How many of you stood in the corner? I'm like, what am I going to do in the corner? She's like, you need to think about what you just did. I don't want to think about that at all. Uh, and she would uh, check in with me. Did you think about what you did? No. Nah. Okay. You stay back in that corner. <laughs> all right. And she would ask me, Hey, did you think about what you did? Okay. Yes. This is what I did. This is exactly what God is doing to Jonah. He's he's check. He's checking him right now. He's, he provided a fish to swallow Jonah, to send him to the deep. And it's prophetic of what Israel should be to the Gentiles and is deeply prophetic and theological of what Jesus would do on the cross, all right? Uh, his, his death, burial, and resurrection, all right? He says that in the Gospels. But I'm here to tell you this morning that if we go with our lives unchecked as Christians are not, are not grateful for the things that we, ha- we have and the things he's blessed us with, he may provide a, way, a, a fish in our life to, to make us realize the blessings that we've been given in our, lo- in our life. And I love what happens to Jonah. Watch this. And I know I'm going a little bit long, but watch this. He says, verse seven, when my life was ebbing away, I remembered you. I remembered you, Lord. Write this in the chat right now. Remember, remember. You, this is the only time you have permission to look back in your life. Not to look back in misery, not to look back and complain, not to look back in the past and look at the hurt and just mi- misery and all of that. The only time you have permission to look back in your life is to connect the dots and remember how God has moved upon your life. Oh, that's what you were doing in my life, God. How many times do we not realize what God is doing in the moment, but until we look, uh, until time passes and we look back, we realize, oh, that's what God is doing. When my life was, was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. I, I love that he shares that. 
I love that he shares that. And watch this. It wasn't until Jonah understood what was happening here. See, a lot of times we may not like God's plan for our life. A lot of times we may not like how God is handling something in our life. But watch this. Who are we to question him? Who are we to question God and his plans and his authority? Jonah didn't like God's plans that the Ninevites were going to be spared if they repented, which they did, in which there was over 100,000 of them that repented and wore sackcloth and, 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 and were forgiven, so to speak, a revival. Jonah was not satisfied with God's plans. I know that for some of us right now, we're not happy with God's plan in our life. Maybe you heard him speak. Maybe, maybe you're, you, you're upset at what he wants to do uh, in your life. And a lot of times God has plans to prosper us and, har- and not to harm us and to give us a future and a calling and a purpose. But sometimes there's a process to those plans. Oh, come on, somebody. That's a whole nother message. We don't like the process. All right. I love what T.D. Jake says. He says, some, if, you, if you have a dream, you need to fall in love with the process. All right. Because that's what makes you uh, in your dreams. All right. But he didn't like God's plans. And it wasn't until he meditated, he prayed, and he remembered who God is, his heart, and, and what God does, that, that the, finally the fish uh, vomited Jonah onto dry land. Maybe right now you're in a season you don't like. Maybe right now, obviously we're in COVID, but right now you're in a place in life you're not happy with. You're not happy with your paycheck. You're not happy with your salary. You're not happy with your position. You're not happy who you're married to and you want to be happy. Let me tell you, you will not be happy and you will not be truly content until you have Christ. Christ fulfills everything that you need in your life, all right? But watch this, you want the promotion. You want the increase in the salary. You want your marriage to be in another place. You want your ministry to be in another place. You, you want to be in another place in your life. But watch this, maybe God won't open the mouth of the fish until we settle down and we realize and be thankful for where we're at and what we have in our life. Come on, somebody, you out there. All right. Mark Twain said this. He says, if you pick up a starving dog and make him prosperous, he will not bite you. But it is the principle. It is the, but what is the principle is the, is a great difference between, oh, I'm butchering it. If you pick up a starving dog and make him prosperous, he will not bite you. But the great principle and difference, that is a great difference between a dog and a man. At least the dog is grateful. Billy Graham said, gratitude is one of the greatest Christian virtues. Ingratitude is one of the most vicious sins. All right. Gratitude is what stopped Israel from going to the promised land. Ingratitude is what made them wander for 40 years in the desert. Ingratitude is what made Jonah go down to the very bottom of the earth. Ingratitude will destroy your life. Oh, the devil loves it when you're not grateful. The devil loves it when you're complaining. The devil loves it when you're just, uh, you're down in the depths and you're just sinking your head low and, and feeling sorry for yourself. But let me tell you what, dis- what disrupts the devil, what makes him angry, what makes him fold up his arms and say, man, I can't, I don't get it. I can't do nothing in this person's life. It's when you start being grateful in your life. It's when you start worshiping God, even in the mess and tell God, thank you for what you've done. Thank you, God, for who you are. Thank you for saving my life. Thank you for giving me uh, blessings in my life when I had nothing in my life. I don't know who I'm talking to, but that, that, that is the difference between your breakthrough right now, where you're at and where you're headed in your life. Come on, someone. All right. 
God wants you to be thankful. I know that Thanksgiving is a few days away. And I don't know about you, but I'm excited for the turkey. I'm excited for the cranberries. I'm excited for the stuffing, which is my favorite part, and the pumpkin pie. All right. But God wants you to be grateful for what he's done in your life. And, you, and, and as I land the plane, as I close, you might not be very, uh, uh, you might not feel like being grateful because of the season which you're in. It's hard to be thankful. It's difficult to praise God. But let me tell you, it's, diff, watch, it's difficult to praise God, maybe with the cancer. It's difficult to praise God going through a divorce. It's difficult to praise God in depression. It's difficult to praise God in the chaos. But watch this. That's when it matters the most is when you're in those difficult seasons because you realize what you're standing on is I'm standing on the rock of Jesus. He's my source of hope in the mess. He's my anchor in the storm. I'm not going nowhere because Jesus is with me. Watch this. But can you give a king who has everything? What can you give God, who, a God who created the universe, the cosmos, the galaxies, the great fish, the ocean? Can you give him money? Can you give him a car? Can you give him a house? What could God possibly want from you that you could ever give him? Watch this. You know what, he can, what you can give him that he desires strongly from you? As a thank you, as a little bit of acknowledgement of him in your life. And my prayer for you this week is that you would fold up your hands and kneel before the presence of Jesus to thank him. Even for the most smallest details of your life, he's with you, he loves you, he hears every prayer, he knows what you're gonna say even before you say it. He's madly and deeply, greatly in love with you. All right. I hope that you and your family have a wonderful Thanksgiving. I hope that you're safe. And I know that God is just going to give you a wonderful time together. Church, uh, I am so grateful for, to you. As we close, I just want to share my thanks to you. I'm grateful to God for each and every one of you. I'm grateful that you lean in every weekend. I'm grateful that your faith is growing. I'm grateful that you're in your word. I'm grateful that God is sustaining this church, even in the middle of a crisis. I'm grateful for a church that is growing, that is even that is five years old and is not shrinking back, but is moving forward. I'm grateful for a people, no matter what the world looks like, our stance is Jesus Christ, not as this party, not as that party. Our, our worldview, our stance is the word of God and is Jesus. Amen, amen. I'm grateful for you. I love you. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. I pray that it blessed you. It's so vital to do life together. That's why I would love to invite you to The Calling Church. Bring a friend. We would love to meet you. Also, stay connected to our church via our website, The Calling Church app, or our social media. God bless you.